Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Between Realities VR podcast. Ah, it feels great to be here. I got to say, how you doing? I hope you're doing well. It's Friday. It's uh, July 7th, 2023, the year of our Lord, 2023. And, uh, we're excited to, to get into the show today. My name's Alex. I am one half of Between Realities. The other half is sitting right here next to me. It's Skiva. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Oh, fantastic. How are Woo! you? <laughs> We're doing good. You know, I gotta say, peoples, it's uh, life is duality, right? We talk about that on this show regularly on a VR podcast. <laughs> we talk about duality. <laughs> and talk about reality. Yes, we do. Virtual, augmented, mixed. Amen. Simulated. Amen. That's yeah. where the whole philosophical tagline mm -hmm. comes from, right? Mm -hmm. Is that uh, that reality part of VR and AR? And you know what? Reality, it's got its ups and downs. You mm -hmm. know, it's uh, sometimes it's just easy breezy, and that's great. And then other times it's not, and it's a bit of a struggle. And you do what you can to get through the day, but uh, that's that's why I like to lean into the idea of duality because it's mm -hmm. like without the darkness, there's no light. Like you can't identify light without darkness you know this is true and you know you know where the light is today the light is in our chat because oh, we have some amazing people chilling here they came in to uh to just bring us joy and they do <laughs> and they do and they i do. know that we often say like how much joy our our community does bring us but it's amazing it really is yeah. and you know like we go to events you know like the ces's and the awes to like get after that and like try to immerse ourselves in that but every single friday when we get to do the show live and we have our chat showing up and everybody's participating in the conversation it's like little slices of it you know what i mean and like right now i'm just enjoying every little morsel I can <laughs> um so yeah you know things are things could be worse you know that's another thing i like to say it's like you know things could true. be worse because uh you know things can be tough sometimes but it could be a hell of a lot worse we get to do a show. We get to talk about VR all the time. Yep. We have amazing, passionate people joining us. We do. Things and can be J worse. Jay Dunn's in the chat uh, commenting on how I'm in red and black and not blue and black. Whoa. Well, there's, there, see, there you go. Is that a thing? If you, yeah, Am I always in blue? You are. And if you <laughs> see what I'm saying, not everything's amazing all the time. Sometimes Skiva even has to wear red. So, you know, if that's any indication of how things are going, everybody. Um, but thank you for being here and joining us. Uh, you know, we do the show live on YouTube. Um, that's our, our favorite place to see the show it's got the video format it's live everybody's participating but of course the podcast is available on spotify and on itunes and on all of your favorite uh i whatever podcast all platforms, the all mm -hmm. of them yeah uh, they're out there yeah you can even you can even check out the video version on spotify which is pretty awesome that is awesome so, which, oh by yeah. the way i wanted to show you how it doesn't work for me oh yeah our most recent episode on spotify the audio was just not playing through my phone oh, and so did you weird. check on the desktop because i wonder if that makes i it did check on the desktop that mm -hmm. crossed my mind yeah have to yeah let that. us know peeps if if you ever see any problems with any of our shows, I, don't, I don't know that you go to the audio version after being here but if you do and there's an issue let us know yeah let us know just tell us <laughs> that's that's another like benefit kind of doing a live show is yeah. that like help us not yeah suck. if all of a sudden like our mics are cutting <laughs> out people can be like hey your mics are cutting out i know that's the best instead of like wasting in the whole episode and throwing it away which we've done we've done that we have done that rest in peace anthony from vr 365 <laughs> it's not actually departed He's, oh, we just no. had to throw away an episode from him so we anyway yep. hi everybody um you know i saw very very first in chat 
two times ago was getting things done. Jay Dunn Heck showing yeah. support for the show, showing support for today's guest. Um, I also saw Ashley C in there super early, no longer here, but thank you for your support. Uh, Classy Grandma first in my official list of the chat here saying, by George, I'm first. Classy Grandma. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> and thanks for your support and being here with us. We love you, Classy. We do. Um, but she's not the only one. You know, Red mm. Slash Ace is in the house and Q Creator says the weekend. And damn, dude, you are right. You always are. <laughs> this is accurate. He knows. He knows. Yep. Q Creator. It's Friday. Mike Newton. You know, he's the man. And uh, it's not going to be long before we're sharing meat space with Q Creator at the Game On Expo. Meat space. Yep. That's an interesting way of putting it. Possibly the first that. time you've it heard that. It kind of freaks me out, sharing meat space. <laughs> I mean, I've heard like breaking bread and stuff like that, but like let's get together and no, we're in share meat. our meat. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it's the 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 uh, uh, okay i'm not gonna make that okay. <laughs> i'm just gonna move on from that uh duggers k is here what's up uh, duggers good to see you what's dude. Up, substatica in the house who i would say hey. is like gaining some traction out there i don't yeah. know if you noticed a little oh, substatica, I but i have we see you yep. substatica um and thanks for being here laura pisa hey hey what's, what's up, up? good to How's see you of course uh kenzie gaming hey 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 what's up kenzie that's right how's it going like and subscribe hey everybody subscribe right now to, to us to us well yeah uh -huh. i mean i and guess then, to other people and then too. to and then to kenzie and to kenzie too and to jabra and getting things done and to ashley c and to all the people in here this is like a whole lot of creators in our chat right now so that's that's just, just like, go down the line click subscribe but click subscribe. start here start here yes start please on between realities please. and like and subscribe and and sign up to yeah. be with us forever speaking of kenzie he was just here in this room um, in, really? on the ship just uh, a couple of days ago, uh, last weekend. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that Kensei yeah. made it over here. He did. Yeah. And, uh, me and tribe and Kensei used a dozen VR headsets and like they were just pulling everything off. Yeah. The shelf. <laughs> like what's this? Ooh. And this, Ooh, and this. <laughs> it was a good time, it. man. We got full body tracking going. We got, we got body haptics. We got a million different headsets going. It was, it was super fun. That's cool. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Dickhead robot wearing the original HTC Vive. Over yeah. Here. He's yeah. real, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't even think anyone I know, remembers I bet, who, yeah. who that is. Hey, if you know who Dickhead robot is, put a Dickhead robot emoji in the chat. Oh, no. I don't think you can, can you? No, I don't know. I don't think put, so. put that's, like that's a, on Discord. Yeah, put like a, I don't know, like a, a fire Just put sign. DHR in yeah, the chat. Yeah, DHR. There you, <laughs> there you go. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you, Kenzie, and I'm uh, glad that we were able to to link up. You're right in our backyard, so I'm, I'm assuming that it won't be the last time. Mm -hmm. Um, my lovely wife Brittany is here. Hello, What's dear. Up, Thank you for tuning in to the live broadcast. Uh, Jay Brat, like you mentioned, of course. Uh, Mrs. Gray Wolf is here. What's up, Mrs. Gray Wolf? I like that. She is. Mrs. Gray Wolf was also here mm -hmm. as we as we talked about mm -hmm. Mrs. Gray Wolf and Tribe, Mr. Gray Wolf and uh, Kensei and Kensei's amazing um, fiance as well. So nice it was a good time yeah it was a good time yeah, yeah. vr peeps man and you know we're like we thought we were alone in arizona this whole time i know and then and then we go out to a barcade and we meet two people from val like what are the chances of that happening that was that was bizarre that was crazy like whoa more vr people yeah what the heck? that that doesn't happen very often 
Uh, it never happens. It has never happened. <laughs> uh, Laszlo 216, Cleveland underrepresented. Well, I'm Aww. glad at least we have you, dude. Thank you for being here and representing Cleveland. Somebody has to do it. And uh, it's a big responsibility, but I feel like you're up to the task. Um, and, uh, and that's good for now. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you guys for being here. Um, I think it's about time we introduce today's guest to a bunch of people who already know who he is. Dude, you right? Know, we always introduce our guests, but sometimes I feel like they just need no introduction. Like, for real. You know? Well, we're going to give them one anyway. All right. Well, good. Yeah. I suppose we should. You know, um, <laughs> my, my, my little blurb, my little episode uh, introduction here says that, that the VR community is fueled by passion for the technology, which it 100% is. Nobody mm-hmm. gets into this because, you know, it's the immediate way to become successful or rich. <laughs> you know, like, we all see that it coming. <laughs> we all see it coming, but we're not there today. So today, if you're involved, yeah. you're there because you're passionate. And if yeah. you combine that with, like, pure dedication and hard work, you start to get the types of stories that reboot imagine has been writing before our eyes like we are like watching this company grow and succeed in ways that you know not all do and uh, i think it is due primarily to the hard work and dedication of our guest today who is the ceo of reboot imagine he is also one of the hosts of the f reality podcast um, which is a pretty prominent podcast in our space and uh here he is welcome to between realities jose santiago Hey. Yo, yo, what's up, you guys? Huh. Oh, man, I was joking around in the chat saying I was, like, hyping myself up. But, like, <laughs> dude, like, that went out the window when you guys started hyping me up. I was like, who are they talking about? <laughs> like, I want that passion. I want, who is he? <laughs> dude, I mean, I, uh, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. All right. Oh, I speak man. 100% truth at all times. That's just the kind of guy I am. Um, but dude, like it's infectious, man. Like, you know, it's interesting because at AWE this year, we recognized that it was our one year anniversary of meeting yes. and even knowing each other. You know, like I didn't even know who you were until AWE last year. And it seems like so much has happened since then, you know? And I feel like we've had the opportunity to really connect and like really bond over the past year. And it's been amazing. And to watch the Reboot Imagine uh, just legacy unfolding in front of us has been a true delight. So congratulations on all this, on the success so far. And I'm happy that we're here uh, along for the ride with you. Oh, dude. Oh, man. I don't even know where to start. The first things first, this is, I'm so happy the way that I'm, that we're, you know, that the podcast kind of today's thing came to be because it's something that I genuinely, I have to express. Like, I feel like I, behind the scenes, like maybe you have manifested because I always wanted to, to get them to, uh, to, to do this with you guys and, and, and kind of like kick it. And, and for that reason, um, both of you guys have been so fundamentally, pivotal in in the story of accessing an industry that you're correct Uh, only people that you're only in it to not make money or you're making a lot of money and you're protecting making a lot of money so there is no in between and you know um you guys have managed to to build amazing and fostering relationships and and being able to build kind of like a very powerful radar in the space and it's it's very cool to to just uh, see the, to be, to feel em- em- empathy, like just in the right side of history, in a way, in the story of VR, just by 
knowing the right people and you guys are kind of the the two names and then whenever i think of like godfathers of this industry like people that really have the positive radar it's you guys so i'm just to well, hear you guys compliment my my venture my business i i'm i i'm i'm trying to even find the right words to to say thank you well give me a minute <laughs> while i ball my eyes out really quick yeah. just oh, over dude. here on the side right <laughs> yeah. here, buddy. Uh, thank you um <laughs> thank you dude you know the feeling is mutual uh it's it's an amazing thing to be a part of you know this vr space and like like being able to share our passion for this technology with a community is like i i mean i guess it's like was the goal it's like what we wanted but yeah. like to get there and to like experience it and to like have moments like this one right now um I am very, very grateful, you know, like I'm very, very excited about the trajectory of all of this. And, uh, you know, it was very serendipitous, you know, like to be honest, I'm surprised that like we hadn't had you booked as a guest yet, you know, <laughs> um, just because it does just make perfect sense from where I'm sitting right yeah. now. Um, but we initially had uh, J-Man Curly booked to be on the show this week, which we announced last week. Uh, he is a YouTube creator with uh, over a million subscribers and makes a lot of Gorilla Tag content. So we were excited to kind of dive into that with him. But I guess he's traveling and, um, you know, for whatever reason, he said that he wasn't going to be able to make it. So with like two days before the show, we hit up Jose and he's just like, dude, yes, like if you need it, done and it's just like bro thanks man. for real man and you know we know a lot of people in the space um but it was like so obvious who we needed to to have on you know what i mean sometimes it's a, sometimes it's a bummer because we book out our show you know we're booked out until like november yeah something the like rest that. of the season is yeah booked. it's like pretty fast everything books out really fast and by the time we go oh wait a minute what about what about this person or someone pops into the scene like you know right at that time and that's when they're relevant we're like already booked so it's kind of a bummer yeah. so so when this happened we're like jose let's go <laughs> and here we are it, man. Yeah. And, and it's just it's it goes to show the the loyalty that i have to you guys right i, I really mean it it's uh it's very cool and, and i and i mentioned it earlier it's it's having that you know when you when you work in an industry that there isn't a lot of money and you're kind of are doing it for passion you need to find ways to refill that passion tank and building strong friendships and loyalties with people that are going to do the same thing for you you know uh, like skiva uh you know the, the 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 help the fundamental help that he has done for me um getting me into places that somebody like me in the first place does he would never see um interacting and engaging with uh He's been able to open those doors for me and it's to be able to find a way to deliver back and same thing with Alex. It's uh, every single year. It's, it's kind of become something I actually look forward to yearly. It's the ability where, you know, I call it a hug, but it's much more, you know, fundamental than that. It's it's like a yearly catch up, right? It's a, uh, it's a, uh, we, we live in different worlds. We have different perspectives and it's very powerful when you meet people that are fully aware of that, that they understand that they're living in an industry, but with a very unique perspective. And that unique perspective and existence is what creates the value and the insight that allows you to connect with the broad, the broader industry, right? And that's uh, that's kind of where me and Alex been able to kind of forge an amazing relationship. And it's it's, I'm so glad that I was able to to step up and help out. And yeah, this is great. 
this is so great. Can we just do this for the next 90 minutes? Just <laughs> <laughs> you know? each other. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with this. You know, the vibes are on point. And, uh, you know, like I said, like, it's just been a tough week, I think, for everybody. You know, like, there's stuff that we all struggle with from time to time. And, like, you know, we definitely have this show to look forward to every week because every time we get in here, it's like, oh, yeah, sweet, boom. And, like, the you know, it's rolling and the vibes are good and we're talking to somebody awesome, you know. So, like, there's, like, you know, peaks and valleys with all of it. But, you know, things are just tough, man. It's, like, easy to get burnt out or, you know, to start to feel jaded about things, you know. And, and maybe that's a good place for us to start because I know um, Jay Dunn, who was the first one that I saw in our chat anyway, like early this morning or maybe even it was last night. I'm not sure. But he basically said something along the lines of like, yo, and by the way, Jose, you know, calling out your tweet the other day, zero chance any of us let you stop doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? And um, do you want to talk a little bit about the the tweet that you put out and uh, maybe some of the response that you've gotten to it? Yeah, um, it, it's it's kind of, I, I love self-reflecting. Um, one of the things that I want to always remember is the trajectory. You, you kind of mentioned it's only been two years, almost actually three, uh, when it comes to, you know, my Reboot Imagine founder story. And the in the grand scheme of things, my company has grown quite significantly, and we built a lot of relationships that I'm very proud of. And I like to remind myself where those relationships came from. Where do they foster? Where was I at that moment seeing eye to eye with somebody and able to connect? And remembering it's all about reminding who I am before I am delivering my value. Um, it's something that in, in an industry where there's not a lot of money, there's not a lot of uh, um breadcrumbs i guess for people to feed off <laughs> it, it it gets it gets uh hectic it gets, it gets competitive and people lose their soul in that and, and when you run a business when you call yourself or, or take on the the mantle uh of calling yourself a ceo for whatever that means it's uh you start getting into rooms conversations engagements business practices that disparage and hurt the people that you at one point saw out of eye with and they remind you, and it's it, it's very easy to forget. Um, mm -hmm. And that tweet was exactly that. It was self reflection at a at a public level. Um, I, I think it was just my outlet is kind of growing at the same time as my thought process grows, which is also a very powerful uh, reflection of uh, the reality of things, right? Which is there's not a lot of people that have my perspective with that kind of uh, uh, pedestal. Let's call it. Um, or engagement, because most people that reach those levels, unfortunately, have to play by the rules of wanting to keep that. And they don't want to hurt or disparage the person they gave them the opportunities or 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 so or so forth. But that's kind of the thought process behind it. It's mm -hmm. uh, reminding myself, hey, you know, um, my name is Jose Santiago. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very weird, but it is a Latin name. It is where I come from. It is... Uh, my perspective, it is unique. And anybody with an A plus, you know, five, 10 years of IT engineering and, and spatial computer and da, 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 Yale universities and, and so forth will always have technical experience that they'll be, they should be very proud of. But my unique perspective, being able to acquire that knowledge um, from a different avenue uh, goes to speak to the value of communication. And that's the reason why my company has blown up and been able to, 
to create um, the kind of engagement and response that I, that I got, um, which I'm very fortunate of and proud, and, and, and I'm very glad that people resonated with it, um, that people are aware of the position that I kind of pushed Reboot Imagine to be, right? Um, that, that was kind of always the goal. Um, I could have easily called, you know, made Jose the VR tech the company, right? There's a lot of people in this industry that have done that. They have made themselves a very powerful name. But when you run a company, anybody knows there's a lot of people behind the scenes. There's a lot of anchors and leverages, relationships, deals. And when you celebrate a name, you disparage people. Um, that was something that, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought process where the whole ethos of that tweet mm -hmm. uh, really encapsulates. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, and I will just read the tweet out real quick, just yeah. so that way uh, people can kind of like get the full, uh, the full um, I don't know, what's the word, perspective on what we're talking about here. If you want to okay. switch over to that, Skiva. Uh, mm -hmm. It says, I've always handled myself well in communities and places that I clearly am not welcome in. But lately, I'm really starting to get tired, starting to accept that maybe people like me just can't make it in this XR space. And if that's the will then of the industry, then fine. And of course, everyone's like, bro, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but that's not to diminish what you're, what you're talking about, you know? And like, I think that there's a lot of stuff that like we all struggle with, by the way, shout out Hussein X. Thanks for being here. Tribe Gray Wolf, of course, as well being here. Um, rowdy guy stopping in from the F reality podcast. Hey. Jose. Oh man. Uh, I love Rowdy. Dude, oh man. <laughs> he's awesome. Eric Q2C VR gamer dropping $5, five, dollars, oh, five hey. delicious, delicious dollars saying, much love for all three of these amazing people up here three legends bro you're a legend Dude, he's yeah. a legend also <laughs> uh we've also got immersed robot here that's gary walked in who wrote hey. a pretty cool book called the memory engine yes. go check it out uh michelle go b is it. here as well <laughs> uh zim talk five also from the f reality oh, we got the whole f reality podcast up in here oh man What's can up? i can i just say like just shout out to zim um, shout since out to we're zim. talking about this stuff um Zim is another person that I really think about people who are not afraid of engaging with bringing a platform and bringing perspective, right? Uh, when he was, you know, and, and Rowdy too, uh, to his credit, when they started building, you know, the, the reimagining of what the new F reality would look like, they understood what perspective means. And, you know, at first, easily people came into the, you know, they tried to disparage. It's like, oh, of course, you're getting the people that make sense. And that's exactly what an industry is supposed to do. You're supposed to, quote, unquote, what, and that's the word is that we forget what the word pandering means, right? Yeah. Um, or virtue signaling, you know, is you another way. This, exactly. It's the eye of the beholder who gets to call it that. You know, being able to be given the platform, being able to be given the opportunity to grow. Um, quite frankly, I am not a or consider myself and never probably will consider myself a content creator um i i have so much deep respect for the content creation community you guys who do podcasting like look at your setup like it's it's gnarly it's incredible <laughs> i i literally have a you know a makeshift desk i'm literally using a, a a travel playstation 5 case it's literally like a travel case with a ps5 built into it and like a table and then like a bunch of laptop computer desk and a laptop <laughs> to you to do this anyways i am not professional by any means and <laughs> zim being able to see that and being able to see like hey like you know like i can polish that there's there's value there and 
and kind of not be afraid to take that on. I, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. And yeah, it, it's yeah. awesome. Shout out Zim Talk 5. Look, yeah. definitely. I don't normally give hints as to who our guests are during the season, but maybe you'll see them on the show this season. I don't know. Oh, you know, you, oh, you might. Get out. Uh, you might. Yes. You might see him. <laughs> uh, and, you know, also, since we're still here, Mickey Burr, yo, Michelle dude, B, yo, Mr. Mr. Boney in VR, dude, uh, Amelia, hey. Amelia Faust also, um, and Space Denizen. Like, What's up, guys? Thank you guys for being here. And, of course, uh, Destity11. Yeah, Destity. Thanks for being here also. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, anyway, I feel like I can still relate to you. Like when I hear you talking about all that stuff, like I still sometimes get imposter syndrome from time to time, you know, like I, like, I don't know, maybe not, maybe it doesn't, everybody doesn't know this, but like, I was still taking tables all the way up until the time COVID happened. You know what I mean? Like I am not an OG of this industry and, and I'm totally fine with anybody who wants to perceive me as that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you know, I am someone who like saw something happening and wanted to be a part of it, you know, and like went after it. And I'm very grateful for the way that things have unfolded because now I work full time in the XR space and, you know, I do this podcast with Skiva and I know so many amazing people and I'm constantly like connecting and networking and I love all of that. But there are definitely still times where like I'm just waiting for like one thing to happen and like poof, the floor just like implodes and like I fall through it and and that's that. You know what I mean? So um, there are times when I don't feel entirely like I belong, you know, and maybe that doesn't have anything to do with like what I look like, but just internally, that's something that I think a lot of us can relate to, you know, so 100%. Uh, I appreciate how I pre appreciate your candor, you know, and how you're like willing to be vulnerable publicly because that is probably the hardest part about doing any of this stuff is like yeah. allowing yourself to be truly vulnerable and broadcast it <laughs> you know what it's, i mean uh, it's uh it, it, i'll say it here it's something that i figured out um very very recently as you know the the reboot imagine story started to really get noticed um being vulnerable is something that it's not championed um it's something that makes you look weak. Um, people, and the reason is, you know, for whatever reason, there is a thought process that if you allow everybody to become winners, then there's no losers, right? And that is a perspective that, to be quite honest, I don't share, I don't subscribe to, I have no intention of ever subscribing to it. So I, everything, even including my company, goes to that. Um, there was a moment, um, through a lot of hardships in my company where I had to take money, let's say, from people that I would never in a million years probably even take food from. <laughs> but there was a moment where I had to realize my company, my the, the collective goal, the people that uh, are subscribing to my vision and making, you know, believing in, in, in the end goal, which is building a company that celebrates people like us or people that look like me or people that feel like you, Alex, that, that, that are feel like imposters in this industry know that they can see it as a beacon of light um it's very needed um right now they, they don't it doesn't really exist even for content creators right because even the successful content creators kind of end up building brand names for themselves right so because they have to survive right it all makes sense and that's kind of that's kind of where where i go to really hone in um that perspective because you have to be vulnerable. You have to, 
that is what fundraising is all about is telling somebody hey i don't have the money i need money to to pay this off right you have people behind the scenes who are optimizing that messaging people who are doing calculations people lawyers who are making sure that what you're asking for can you know be delivered right and you realize wait a minute why am i going to put up a face and pretend like i'm doing the rock johnson and say oh i'm you know i'm awake 24 20 hours of the four of the 24 hours in the day and i'm doing all this on my own when in reality i'm not and being able to leverage those relationships and those friendships and being able to talk to my team and say look i need your help um i need to be vulnerable and these are the reasons why and being able to have a team that says jose you're going to be vulnerable we're gonna make sure that you're not disrespected when you're vulnerable, that nobody takes advantage of that vulnerability, that nobody yeah. tries to steer you away. And that's um, the reason um, I'm very vulnerable publicly. It's, it's, uh, there is a very funny saying that uh, it, it's in Spanish, um, and, and maybe Latin people will laugh, but it's, it's saying, it can, it, can no, it can no llora no mama. And it's who doesn't cry doesn't get fed. And it's a baby being fed. If you don't, if the baby doesn't cry, you won't know it needs to get fed, right? So um, being vulnerable, being able to, to uh, find ethical ways to celebrate the, the realities that I don't come from a wealthy background, that I don't have the resources, that I am building a company, that I am bootstrapping through every single client relationship that I built, that I don't have, you know, the the, the billionaire friends and and I, every single relationship has been built organically. Um, why hide that or gatekeep it? Right. Well, and I mean, I guess, I guess it would be to your point that being vulnerable is oftentimes something that can be exploited. You know, like mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to take advantage of somebody who's being completely vulnerable because if you aren't being then you can hold your cards while meanwhile you're reading their entire hand, you know what I mean? So yep. there's definitely a risk that comes with that, like public vulnerability or, or even just private vulnerability. Like even if you're just vulnerable with one person in one conversation, like that could be enough to potentially set you off or give them like ammunition to maybe potentially use against you. But yeah, that's, that's something that i've noticed in this space is that like i personally feel like my vulnerability is most of the time rewarded you know like i think that there's a lot of like-minded individuals in this space people who understand like like when we talk about seeing the future of this technology like we all like can see it like that's just expressing your love for vr in general is put you in a vulnerable position because so often people have a lot of bad things to say i mean for some reason vr is dead articles are just popular and everybody loves them and they click on them like crazy you know and like everybody loves to just like slam vr and talk about how this space is just dead and it's just a hobby for you know for like a select niche group and all of us are like uh, actually no it's the future of everything and uh, you're wrong you know so like there's vulnerability in like putting the like risk like time money energy creating a company uh that is surrounded around this technology that you know half the time people tell you is a waste of your time and energy you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i'm sure that's something that you can relate to a little bit skiva you know you started a company this year and i know that it's been uh it's been a lot of work <laughs> It has been, it has been. And, and, you know, when you're taking on that much work, you know, with, with the whole vulnerability theme, you have to be able to be vulnerable to your partners. Uh, you have to be able to trust, um, them, you know, and, and there's, there's, it's very easy to get burnt out or to, um, 
just fall on your face and you know we're all there to kind of pick each other up and help each other out and and uh it's you know it's a very this is a very very small uh still building industry we are here on the very ground level a lot of this stuff there isn't a whole lot of places to look at and say well this is how you do it just look at these other hundred companies because <laughs> right? right. <laughs> doesn't yeah. just doesn't exist yet but no you know you just got to um you just got to find the right people because really that's what it's all about finding the people so yeah i i, yeah. I it, it's so funny it's um there is a there's a theory um i, I love i love philosophy and it's uh Hegorian, I don't know how to pronounce it properly, but it's the theory of being so free that you that pretty much you inspire others to realize they're that they're slaves essentially that they can be bigger than themselves. Um, uh, one of the best, my favorite fictional uh, so stories is One Piece, um, and that's really what you know the, the 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 theory behind it all is. It's the the main character wants to be free beyond means in order to achieve the goals that everybody in his team want. And that's kind of what Reboot Imagine has been for me. And it's uh, it's very interesting. It's being able to build so many relationships and people who have goals, aspirations, that understand the realities of business, the 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 sharing of information, that everybody's, we are firsts, right? So we have to make sure that uh, if we are, what we people, what people hopefully, right, one of us, I'm pretty sure you guys will be, but I'm going to desperately try to be also considered one day a pioneer in this space, right? A pioneer is a a, a, tra a person on the journey, a traveler, right? Where people are building. So that means you need somebody who is not, who's charting that map, who is writing it down. So there is a lot of procedures and, 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 and writing and standardization and, and things that a lot of people often don't think about. And, um, it's very important that we remember that responsibility. It's uh, it's if we are here first, and we're we're building, you know, one of the the first companies in the in a in a new industry is it's 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 write everything down, <laughs> make sure that that we teach it that 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 the people that ask us, hey, how did you do this X Y Z? We were able to deliver that information because right now, um, everybody, it's 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 a free for all. It's a, it's a free for all of information and. People are desperately trying to build relationships. Those who have those relationships don't want to share it. And those who have those relationships have contractual obligations that if they share any detail of that relationship, it could hurt, you know, their reputation and their business. It's uh, it's it's very scary how not being vulnerable can create a almost scarier reality, whereas people don't learn from what we're doing or from our businesses like the one you have, right. Steve. You know, I think uh, this is a really good spot to perhaps tell everyone that may not know who Reboot Imagine is uh, and what you guys do um, to uh, kind of yeah. give, you know, to give a little overview of Reboot. Yeah, so Reboot Imagine is a spatial computing XR uh, service and support company. So we are not a product maker. We are a product uh, or, or industry adoption uh, service and support company. If you guys think of uh, businesses back in the day that were involved in helping schools and a uh, private sector and businesses adopt computers and training standards for education for people to learn computers 
we are building the same frameworks for XR and spatial computing. Um, it's very, very important for me, um, for people to understand that um, designers who are creating interfaces for XR and spatial computing, they may boast about how easy it is to get somebody and intuitive understand how to, you know, open up something in a spatial interface. But truth of the matter is that uh, most people, I would say, unfortunately, a very large majority of the people um, don't know what uh, XR or spatial technologies are. And they don't have the ability to even ask the right questions in order to get into a headset. Um, so that's what my company specializes in, adoption. Um, the first forefront that people usually get into VR is arcades. Um, most people that you that have tried VR, you ask them, hey, when did you try VR? They say, oh, you know, I tried a zero latency, went to an arcade and put on a headset. And that's kind of their first uh, interaction with virtual reality. Um, so my company focuses on that. How do we make sure that anybody that, let's say, for example, in arcade setting, tries virtual reality for the first time? What are the, the protocols that should be followed to make sure that that person loves the industry, loves the, the headset, loves the experience? And how do we make sure that the person that's providing that experience is delivering an optimal experience? So it's a, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of uh, standards and operations that I started realizing nobody is focusing on right now. It's a new industry. Everybody's focusing on creating and facilitating and making money. Nobody's thinking about, you know, 20 years from now or, or, or even 10 years from now, to be more realistic, a school that has 700 Quest 2s and they just want to, you know, update them for a, you know, a new school course and nobody's providing those resources because, you know, it's an obsolete headset or, or whatever. Um, those, those channels that exist right now for IT must exist for enterprise and spatial computing companies. So that's kind of what Reboot Imagine is. Cool. So you're, so you got the education, um, part covered training, uh, VR arcades, and that's kind of how, um, I originally got to know you is through the VR arcades yeah. part of it. I, you know, I used to work really at, early on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I used to work at Springboard and I would always, uh, you know, which is the, the um, part of Vertigo Games that, that does, you know, um, location-based entertainment. And uh, I always used to see your tweets and just the ridiculous arcades that you would put together, man. I'm, like, I, I remember seeing, like, like car frames in these places, oh, like, that, yes. you know, like driving simulators that, like, looked like you were getting in a car. Like, which that was, was actually my mind. one of my uh, dude, I'm sorry for interrupting you because you just blew up my mind. It's like, that was only like three years ago. <laughs> and it sounds like it was like 20. But yeah, that was actually the first project that kind of blew up um, online um, was these old school Sega. It, it, it's, it's actually a fun story now in hindsight. Just, uh, it was an arcade in Miami that, uh, they, I guess the, the owner was really into uh, storage uh, purchases of people that lost their, their ownership. And he saw this, um, I think it was in Russia. He, he bought this, uh, he thought they were actual actual race cars. And it turned out to be like these uh, mid, early, late 80s, early 90s simulators that were actual computer boards. They, these were like all in one, computer boards that it was like a straight out racing simulator for rally sims in the in the early 90s and 
they didn't work. The the machine parts were rusted, and he was just left with really nice looking um, broken computers, essentially. And the the owner didn't know what to do with them. And I told him, I was like, hey, can we turn these into like racing sims? Um, and the guy's like, what? How? You know, that's what they were. And I was like, oh, let's make them VR. And started looking at Springboard. And Springboard back in the day, um, back then, had the Project Cars licensing. Uh, which was a really, really big deal for arcades. Um, and yeah, we, it was a crazy project. I actually, you know, gutted them out, um, rebuilt, put actual computers in there, um, put uh, motion seats, and yeah, brought them back to life into VR. And I don't know if you guys are into like trash TV very much, but hopefully anybody, somebody listened to it. But there's a US show, and I think it's a syndicate in, the, in Canada, also called Storage Wars. And it's mm-hmm. a show where they, they, yeah, they go storage hunting. And it turns out that 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 same storage unit was actually covered on episode of Storage Wars. So when I posted yeah. that online, the the Ursula, who was actually the the main person from the episode who actually saw it, was able to go like, oh man, I saw these like full of dirt, and to see it in VR. So that got picked up and. Um, yeah, a bunch of, uh, it turned out, it, it's really funny how I broke into this industry, really, um, <laughs> it, it, at least in the Twitter space of uh, of the of the XR stuff, was that it turned out Thrill Seeker and Fia happened to live on the uh, on the East Coast in, in Florida also, so that, that kind of like picked up in there, I guess, their, their SEO, and they replied, and kind of, it all kind of like, just jumbled there into just a lot of engagement so it's really cool man i tried to find that picture um i was searching i wasn't able to (laughs) he was searching too i was watching him just like like Like, i'm sorry no (laughs) like i'll just scroll back three years in in your twitter feed no i know he tried and i was like no he's seriously no that's not gonna happen (laughs) that is funny um yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a cool story. And yeah, I remember Skiva just telling me about you before I had a chance to meet you. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, this guy, Jose, like, he's the real deal. He has a ton of stuff. He bought all kinds of crap and he's putting together arcades and this and that. And like, that's, uh, it's cool to like hear the story from you. Um, you know, I can remember uh, not too long ago not being involved, you know, like not having a platform, not going to the shows, not being a part of this. And like, always kind of knowing that like i could you know like like deep down like knowing that like hey i'm like i could i could start a youtube channel like like, this guy can do it i can do it you know and just but there's something about that like existence where you're not doing that and like it almost seems like it's insane you know it's like am i wait hold on am i actually gonna be that guy who like goes and buys a camera and does all that like did you have a moment while you were like not jose the vr tech where you like kind of knew that you had this like latent ability or potential and what do you think was the difference maker for you that ultimately like gave you the push to kind of jump off the cliff oh man that's a that's a that's a really good question because nobody's ever you you phrased it the only so um i'll be 100 with it um i've been involved in the the vr space since 2014. um i was actually you know a lot of forums get mentioned a lot um in the story of vr uh one of the forms that don't get mentioned is gba temp gba temp 
um, was doing this before everybody. You know, it was a we we were modding um, Nintendo 3DSs and and devices before we were doing synchronization of LCD sub panels using PSPs. Um, that's VR, no matter who wants to say otherwise. <laughs> so, and I understand why me talking about that upsets powers that be. But you know, we, I'm a tinker. I've been in the VR space for a very long time. Um, I'm a computer enthusiast first and foremost. Uh, uh, I'm a gadgeter. You know, I love tinkering and and, and making stuff. Um, I've been involved in a lot of VR projects. Um, a public one that I can talk about was kind of the one of the earliest one was Box Blaster VR. Um, started around 2010, 2011. It was a four-player virtual reality arena. It was one of the first uh, successful VR um, standalone arcade systems. It did require managed operators, but uh, when I got involved with it, it was just like an idea and four computers and four uh, vibes at the time. And I came in and we're talking about early Steam VR. There was like no sound mirroring yet and everything. And just, you know, bringing in technical expertise into that. And I fell in love with it. Um, so I've been involved in VR for a very long time. The the Jose the VR Tech happened. Um, to, to, to not make it a sob story, but it happened around 2020. Um, it, I lost my dad. It wasn't too, it wasn't to COVID. Um, it was actually due to cancer. It was uh, just in the blink of an eye. He got dizzy one day. Turns out he had stage four uh, brain cancer. Like he was pretty much out the door. It, it was uh, blind. It blindsided us. He was the healthiest one in the family. Um, the the macho, you know, the the breadwinner. The weirdly enough, not in hindsight a um too too large of a life to the point that it didn't allow me to grow um even though i kind of had my own life going and my own you know career it kind of never allowed me to see myself as bigger than i could be um so having my life disrupted um during the pandemic um dealing with you know terminal cancer treatment where he couldn't fortunately you know fortunately unfortunately you know, the it was brain cancer, so he was not cognitive to realize what was happening most of the time. But he was abandoned in the hospital system. He was he had to be alone dealing with very, you know, intense moments that somebody should be with their with their parents. Um, I was traveling back and forth um between Puerto Rico and, and back. And during all that, during a pandemic also, the company that I was working for at the time, a very, very big VR company that I can't talk about um furloughed 80 percent of their work staff wow they they furloughed everybody except me um and i remember being told this from my my boss at the time and he said it in a way that was supposed to make me feel good about myself like hey you know you are the backbone of this company you know what i mean and i remember hearing that dealing with the loss of my dad starting to kind of deal with like existential crises and all the stuff that comes with grief at that moment where i started realizing wait a minute why is a company that's so large that's raking in you know millions willing to furlough all of their support staff except me and that really started uh making me look at what my value was and i never stopped to realize how much i love doing this stuff um i never stopped to realize that i got so passionate providing it support that I was providing on-demand IT support. You think about any enterprise company, any business, anybody who, who even works at a corporate job knows that there is a help desk. 
involved that provides the IT support, the mechanisms, the frameworks, the security, all of that. And I was providing all of that in one person because I was a power user. I was optimizing my value because I desperately wanted to be in this industry. And I spoke to the ownership. I said, hey, um, why don't we build a support company since clearly that's the value here and that's the reason that your products kept afloat because you're able to market the ability to handhold the client, being able to bring confidence, the adoption, the practices that are needed to build confidence in buying an XR headset. And they looked at me and they said, why would we do that? Then, then everybody else gets the value. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what? And that's kind of really the, the moment that it all broke down for me. Um, um, Reboot Imagine kind of was born at that very moment. I was like, I, I immediately started realizing um, where I was at that moment. It was in Puerto Rico. Um, being forced to be remembered, to remember where I come from, um, being cut off of access, uh, uh, a lot of basic amenities that we take for granted that were taken from me because of COVID. Um, I started realizing how the English language, for example, was hurting a lot of the, the medical sector in Puerto Rico. Um, and that was training. And, you know, I started realizing, oh man, if, if these people are so behind, um, in these resource needed places, imagine me who's so, you know, in the, in the future, I'm a futurist, right? I'm so, I'm so ahead that I never stopped to realize how behind others are. And it was kind of like a, a, a calling for me. It's, uh, ensuring people understand these technologies, understand how to use them, how to operate them, how to bring value to themselves, how to you know, bring in the power of the 5X user with one person using all these tools because right now people like to brag about that, but they're not teaching them in the places that need to be taught, right? Everybody's talking about it on Twitter as if people can afford a cell phone in most of these places, right? That require these these abilities. So that's kind of where, where uh, Jose the VR Tech was born. Um, refurbishing headsets, uh, the Vive Focus, uh, uh, the, the original Vive Focus, the Vive Focus 2, um, amazing headsets that still have untapped power. Um, why are they not being used in third-party in third party markets? Why are they not, you know, being used for educational sectors? Why are we only seeing specific headsets being pushed? And it's always the latest and the greatest. Um, yeah, there's a lot of broken mechanisms, you know. Um, content creators, why? Are content creators being used to bring so much value to a product, to a game, to a platform, to software, yet they don't get equity conversations? Why are they being used in pitch decks? But you know what I mean? So those are the, the things that I started realizing very quickly. And it's, yeah, that's that's kind of, that's really where who I am. And I'm sorry for rambling, but it's just. I mean, I was here for every second of that. <laughs> I was here for every second of that. And I think it's inspiring, you know, because like I said, you know, I think all of us had like, had that, like, we have all had that like wake up moment. We're like, wait a second. Like, why am I not that guy? You know, like, and I think it's, I think it's powerful to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Like, you know, like someone who has been doing the damn thing for some years now, like that, that's like the kind of moment that if you're able to recognize it can literally change your life. You know, and uh, I'm inspired by that. Um, 
you know, I'll first first say fuck cancer, right? Obviously, and shout out to your dad. He obviously has made a super awesome dude, and uh, we're all grateful for that. Ironically um, enough, he he passed away today, three years ago. <laughs> dude, shout yeah, out. Uh, if I, yeah, for whatever reason, yeah. What uh, what what's wow. what's his name? Uh, Jose Santiago, also same Jose same Santiago. Uh, yeah, Hell we yeah. weren't very creative, you know. That we we. <laughs> I, I feel like th th this what happened to me was just a little you know, butterfly effect of a lot of unfortunate bad situations and being able to make something good out of it. Um, I think perspective is very important in good ideas. And sometimes we, we desperately want to build a name for ourselves and we desperately want to have a perspective, but we never think about what's, you mentioned earlier, the cost, the duality of it all, right? What is the cost of perspective, right? It's not fun to not have a lot. It's not fun to require employees in a in an industry that doesn't want to give a lot of money. That's raking in a lot of money through ads and through this and through whatever, but they don't want to help the end user because the moment that you buy the product, why do they care, right? They mm -hmm. already subsidize the sales price. They already they already understand it's it's a business at the end of the day. What about adoption? What about support? What about bringing in the magic of these technologies? Or what about the scary parts, right? We, we talk about spatial technologies as if it's only visual. Spatial means spatial. It means there's gonna be devices that are gonna have radars and, and a lot of the technologies that will be, I just saw today a case study where somebody can see through walls using Wi-Fi signals and being able to use AI to recompose pretty much breaking in the spectrums and being able to know where somebody is with scary accuracy, right? Oh yeah, wasn't These... there a feature in the Quest Pro that they had to remove because you could like depth look sensors. through people's clothes? Yes. That was the depth the, sensor. The depth sensor. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, these are those are technologies that that you start when you start realizing they removed it, but they're going to release it now. Right. And that's and, and, and these are things that you start putting, you know, you, you start kind of seeing them from a different perspective and why it's so important. And I mentioned earlier of writing everything down in the story of building a company in this space is realizing how disparaging to an industry it can be when you realize that at the end of the day, it's the, the legal and the lawyers that really have the real power, right? Because like, for example, you mentioned the Quest Pro, they neuter it for releasing a a, a, a a feature that could have enabled a theoretically seeing through walls or seeing through clothes. So what they did is they waited for another headset manufacturer to release the device with a depth sensor, which was the XR Elite. But here's the funny part of the XR Elite. The XR Elite has the physically hardware depth sensor, has it turned off in software. They haven't turned it on. So they're waiting for the Quest 3 to release, I guess, the headset with the, with the, with the depth sensor with it enabled, which means that they're waiting on the legal verbiage on how to get away with this being on. And, and it's very scary how you start noticing things from that perspective. And I can talk about the walled gardens that are being built out, you know, invisibly because we're so cut up in the headset right now. Um, another great example I can talk about is wireless technology. Um, it's something that I care a lot about. Um, wireless VR, you know, everybody talks about it's like, why can I do wireless PC VR um, really well? And nobody ever stopped to think to themselves, 
maybe the PC VR headset manufacturers don't want that because think about what really good wireless PC VR means. That means really good PC VR, which means a really good PC VR environment, which means a store like Steam VR wins. And you start seeing plays that are happening at a very, very, very high level, something that affects devices at a hardware um, level, um, 6E. Uh, wireless 6E is one of the latest wireless standards. You can get about theoretically five gigabits um, per second wirelessly. Imagine if you could stream from your laptop or your computer um, using a wireless 6 or wireless 6E at two gigabits or higher. Um, you get full-on fidelity, you get virtual desktop at a, pretty much it will be able to replace a Valve Index at, at levels of quality because you're getting that whole bandwidth. That bandwidth is locked. Um, Intel and whatever powers that be, the FCC, they had a deal with Spectrum makers and they said, hey, this very, very fast Spectrum that allows you to do all these cool stuff, we don't feel that everybody should have access to it. <laughs> and they they gave their excuses and their reasoning, national security, blah, blah, blah. And so they created a licensing fee, pretty much. And the licensing is hardware-based. So when you turn on this wireless 6E chip, the one on the Quest Pro or XR Elite on your laptop, it will actually look at other devices around you. It will say, hey, is this a wireless 6E device? Is it in the US? So if let's say you turn on your laptop in Germany and there's a bunch of German devices, Germany doesn't have 6E allowed yet because the FCC doesn't have jurisdiction in Germany. So they 6E bandwidth isn't allowed there. So now your Quest Pro, your all of these devices have to go to the FCC and the network radio manufacturers who at the highest of levels are owned by the router companies, the Linksys, the Cisco, um, the new the new strategy, um, I forgot the, the, the official position name, but I think it was like strategies and, and, and at Cisco is a former meta executive. So mm. let's, let's leave it at that. It, it, it goes <laughs> to show how high levels of politics are, are working against the user, even beyond the mean of headset manufacturers having a say in it because they have to play the games that are being set to us. Um, all right, so hold on real quick 499 yeah. super chat from Samson, dude. Says, Happy Friday, everyone! Much love, VR fam. Thank Thanks, you, for dude. That, brother, appreciate and you. And then Rezzle dropped 50 bucks. 50 oh, bucks, 50. Rezzle. Thanks, dude. Thank Let's you. Go. That's a fatty, that's Thank a fatty you. one. And he says, Hope everyone has a great Friday, plays lots of VR. I need more VR in my life, that's for sure. Thank you guys for your donations. Um, Skiva, I know you're like definitely like the hardware technology focused mindset most of the time yeah. um what's going through your head as jose is kind of breaking this down man you know so much um but you know uh, you know uh, there, there's there's so many technology uh advancements that could be happening that are always held behind you know 
law and um, and approvals and and all of these things. And you know, some approval and um, some regulations good because we you know we need to make sure that we're not all gonna fry our brains you know with with some crazy <laughs> wi-fi technology right but at the same time it you know it holds things back there's we, we historically just live in a very slow moving governmental system that everything requires eight thousand signatures and you know it, it's 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 crazy it's one of the things that really worries me about artificial intelligence in the government because because approval processes take so long that you know something like ai is going to grow exponentially exponentially faster than than uh you know where that tech is when they started the approval process for a particular thing is going to be so much higher up there by the time that one thing finishes now they're back to the drawing board it's we we kind of have an old system that doesn't work very well you know um so but i don't know i don't know how to fix that you know is there anything that we can do yeah yeah, I what, mean, what do you think we can do, Jose? Or, like you said, we can uh, we try. We gotta tackle it one way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of the wireless stuff, there's a reason why I care about it a lot. If you own a 6E device that is, the, it can do the 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 three to five gigabit theoretical bandwidth limitation between the device and the headset. I am tackling that. Um, one of the things that people don't know this, but I'm collaborating with Amanda Watson, the creator of Oculus Airlink. Um, we're, we're working on this because it's unfortunate that uh, they are pretty much invisible barriers that don't allow us to bring the best of our devices. Imagine being able to, you know, be at the airport or being anywhere you're at and being able to, you know, being getting full on you know, five gigabit connection between your laptop and your headset and be able to stream. Um, the potentials there are incredible um, for streamers, for content creators, and and and, and the, the ability to to really build an ecosystem that's open and allows people to to bring value that are outside of, you know, the headsets. I, I, I understand the walled gardens, they must, be, they must be respected, of course, but if there are mechanisms like the PC environment, they they should also you know be we should have access to it. Right. Um, I, I'm a I'm, I'm bullish on 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 PC VR. <laughs> so it's interesting because like you know another thing that a lot of people are bullish on you know people like my good buddy Skiva here and even myself from time to time is like privacy you know like yes. privacy is something that's very important but oftentimes in order to enable our devices to help us more we then in turn have to sacrifice certain levels of privacy to accomplish that and i'm like for me that would be the biggest reason why we would like maybe pump the brakes on some stuff because if you know we enable some certain form of ai that just mm. immediately sucks up all of our fucking information and knows everything about us then like we are potentially making ourselves vulnerable and not the good kind like you want so my question then is like where is privacy for you jose in, t in this conversation and like in what ways can we push technology forward while still hopefully respecting our privacy yeah. as we do it this is something i have in the company um laura my coo um has a unofficial um role within the company we call it empathy and comprehension mechanisms and frameworks um laura my coo has a very powerful perspective she doesn't have the the typical you know techie you know hacker um upbringing in the tech space in fact she comes 100 from a 
a hospitality and travel retail luxury uh, background, dealing with hotels and management. Um, we understand AI right now, especially, Skiva, you mentioned earlier, our government mechanisms, the people that are making decisions. I think right now we have been too used to having a oversight system where people are kind of saying no when they feel that something is crossing the line and then we have guidelines that just say no straight up, right? We don't, and I think that both of those sides are obsolete. Um, I think that empathy and comprehension mechanisms must exist alongside development. I think what AI needs are governmental bodies that are experts in AI, in the government's bodies, who are studying alongside the researchers, who are who are understanding what's being built in real time so they don't say no when it's too late or say no to potentially figuring out how to cure cancer, for example. Right, so it's. Uh, I think we have to just uh, update our perspective. Um, privacy is also one of them. We live in a world now. I just mentioned it earlier, where depth sensors are going to exist. Wi-Fi will allow us to see literally a human body through a heat map on on radars. And I hate to break this to you, but if we're learning about this now, that means that this technology has probably existed for probably 10 years at best. Yeah. So it's already being used. It's already been deployed. I I hate being, you know, the, the bear of bad news, but I think that we have to kind of update our perspective in a post no privacy world um, and grasp into the little privacies that we have. And that is full on understanding where our privacy really ends. Um, what is being funneled out of us, but people are learning. And that's going to require a lot of active learning. I, I think that uh, AI is not something you learn. It's something that we're learning alongside. And, it's, and, and I think hopefully we're going to start seeing a lot of uh, thought process and frameworks that are built, that are built onto that. Skiva, are we going to be able to retain any form of privacy as we move into we, the future? We could, and, and I'm going to really try so to refrain myself from going totally off the walls here because I'm obviously <laughs> passionate about this, but, but, but we absolutely can. And, and all it takes is for people to demand it. And that's it. Yep. That's literally all it takes. Just like we talk about, like, like if people have a problem with Walmart, you just don't shop there. And if enough people don't, they cannot survive because money stops coming in. They can't pay their rent. They can't pay for the stuff. Everyone has all of the stuff. They have the responsibility on their shoulders and they 100%. say, well, we don't have any choice in this, but you do. You're just lazy and you don't want to take any responsibility for it. Right? So we can, we can change all of these things. We could say no to, let's say, TikTok, a, a company that feeds all of the information about you, takes your bio information from the phone, your facial recognition data, your thumbprints, your calendars, your geometric data, your 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 GPS data, feeds it to um, to TikTok, which then gives all of it to the Chinese party, who then runs yeah. it through AI, can pinpoint where mass bodies of people are all throughout the world, can easily take full control of pretty much the entire planet if they, if they see fit, because someone didn't want to go, no, I'm not going to just not use TikTok and, and wait for someone else to come along and make something that does align with, with what's right. But 
people are just generally lazy. They just don't want to inconvenience themselves to not do something or use something. And hey, I'm in the same boat. I use the quest sometimes. Right. So like, I'm not, I'm not any better, but, but I do recognize this stuff and I do know that we can absolutely take our privacy yeah. back because it's, it's, when the money stops, that's yeah. it. That's it. That, and you, you just mentioned, you just mentioned the value of, of training people, the value of helping people understanding the, the, the problem is most people that end up in these traps and the, in these, uh, a logical thought process that we may seem as lazy. Some of them don't even know that they're trapped. You know, um, there has been like straight up regions in the world that have been destabilized because the uh, uh, big companies, I think Facebook did it at one point that they came in with like, hey, we're gonna give you internet and social media and this poor country didn't know what they were saying yes to. It, 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 when it was too late, um, truth of the matter is that there is a unfortunate reality too that there is money and efforts also in making sure that people don't learn that people don't get educated in, in the in these in these technologies right there's a reason why even when it comes to spatial um and xr we know that we know that the limitations of these technologies and we're not allowed to talk about those limitations because the moment we do that, we get disparaged by the industry. And, and, and you kind of start seeing that. It, it's kind of like, okay, how do you know there's, 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 that you are, you know, a thought slave if you don't know that your data is being stolen from you? Nobody really knows. Like, I've had conversations with people with VR and they, they think that the VR headset is, it's, you know, stuff from Ready Player One. They don't even know that the Quest One or Two exists. And when they find out, they want to desperately just want to try it. They're not thinking what they're 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 giving away by by making an account on this and, and what's take being taken from them. There's a lot of layers to this stuff that uh we also have to take into account that, that a lack of education is the reason we're we're in this here in the first well place. but it's weird though because like there are like scientists out there like actual legitimate proven scientists who will like shout stuff from the rooftops and people are just like la 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 you know they like choose to be ignorant to facts yeah so TikTok. it's like I, I i have to say you mentioned tiktok tiktok's addicting and tiktok is also unfortunately you meant it it is 100 percent a a a spy tool but it's also a seemingly uh, or or uh, they're trying very hard to the point that they're able to to it seems like the most transparent social network right now and when you go and you do the the research and for example if you put france on tiktok and you're going to get a whole different result from france on instagram and that's a problem right because how can you tell somebody hey that other app is a you know a spy tool when they're showing you a unfiltered perspective of the world right. and for better or for worse we can get into conversations about that but i, I some people say hey that's a bad thing right i i sometimes tend to agree i think that being exposed to perspectives that you have no full understanding on can cause this just um Bon, uh, boundary, bon, uh, operational issues where you live and and so forth. I can understand the argument, but 
at the same time, if you give people the option of what seems free or, you know, free, it, it, transparent, then one that you tell them, hey, it's spying on you. Yeah. You know? But like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think people even really care about being spied on no. until push comes to shove which like i don't think it has yet like i don't think we've gotten to the point where like this amount of like privacy invasion has affected our personal lives enough for people to care which mm -hmm. is like the scary and part when it does it's gonna be bad <laughs> and it's you, gonna be I, too I'll, late you made me laugh mm -hmm. i'll tell you this i have friends in the cia and they their job is to make sure that that what you just said never happens that they do such a good job at just sniffing on you so well that you never go hey am i being spied on right now that's their job their 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 job is to not spy on you is to spy on you so good that you don't notice it right um, well even if i notice job. it though <laughs> like i can talk about uh like dog toys you know like dog toys dog toys dog toys and i'll say it into my phone 50 times and then i'll see the ad for it and i can see clear evidence that my phone is listening to my conversation and now trying to give me products but seeing an ad for something isn't impactful enough on my life for me to care enough and i'm the thing that worries me is that i think that by the time that happens we will have already lost our agency like we oh, will we no did. longer i mean <laughs> i can tell you this we we just talked about routers remember the whole world is based on networking right so the hardware manufacturers the router companies they all go through the same chipset manufacturer that is centralized pretty much in Taiwan disrupted. That's really the, the, that's what the chip shortage is all about. That's the reason why the United States is trying to remain on uh, and win that, that, uh, that architectural war is because of that is because every single network device, every single device with a radio is tapped. <laughs> that's the reason why the spectrums are being given out at certain ways yeah it, it's un it's a different we're gonna live in it on a on a conscious privacy level i don't think physical privacy is going to be a thing anymore and it's unfortunate um but that's just the reality of spectrums evolving but we we will find places where we'll have privacy to protect is, and is consciousness this, is going to be one of them is, and but is there like is there a the is it possible that this is not a bad thing you know, like, because sometimes I think about, like, the future of existence and, like, the future of humanity as a whole. And, like, you know, I've, I've, I've had some hallucinogenic experiences in my life that led me to believe that I was literally becoming one with every other person on the planet in that moment, you know? So it's almost like I can see that happening. Like, one day the human experience evolves to the point where, like, we all stop existing individually and start existing, yeah. like, as one. And it could this potentially be, and this is, like, you know, know the sedona and hippie me in me talking now but like could this potentially be evidence that like we're reaching that next stage in human evolution mm. and that like individual privacy wouldn't be we are way important? way too immature of a species for that so yeah. so if you if you went back to the caveman days and you gave one of them a gun it wouldn't end well do you know what i mean like they, they're not there yet and we're not there yet because we don't I respect each other extreme if you give up if you go to like 40 years ago and you tell somebody for just like any person there you tell them hey in 2023 people will be spending 80 percent of their time looking at a cell phone screen this close to their face they're going to lose their mind they're going to call you crazy they're going to call you a witch they're going to say oh this sounds 
dreadful, horrific. I, I think it's we we forget that we evolve. We cognitively evolve as we go. Um, privacy to somebody back then meant something different, and it, it all meant on protecting our thought process. That's what privacy is all about. We don't want somebody to understand us to the point that they can manipulate us. I think that cognitively we will have those protected um, until I don't know Neuralink starts, you know, <laughs> messing with like memory uh, mapping and stuff like that, which is eventually a reality. But until then, and, and when that happens, there will be privacy, right? Again, because they're going to be antiviruses for your Neuralink and mm -hmm. so forth. Privacy will always exist. <laughs> it's well, just what evolves. do you think, Skiva? Um, I think we're already all brainwashed to the to the point where no one even realizes it yes already 100 everything yes. is filtered every bit of yes. information we see yes. everything is yes. only what is is so i've already lost my agency you have my, the decisions that i make are not my there own i've a, been manipulated no but that has there is an ai that knows your patterns throughout your days, what you like to do, what you like to eat. In the case that you ever become a threat to any security, they can pinpoint you and know your thought process through every single device that you have ever used in your life. Um, yeah, for sure. And I can, sure. I can guarantee you this, like, like if I have any kind of like, um, I guess I don't know how to call it, but like reputation, that's something that I can confidently say that I know exists. Yeah, and, and, it's, and uh, our kids, yeah. our poor kids are going to be like, they're going to look back at us one day and they're going to go, why did you give this all away? Why did you do this to us? Why did you put yeah. me and all my information on there when I didn't have a choice? And have now all this... Have you CIA uh, security analyst? I try to stuff. stay away from people in the government. <laughs> I'm not a fan of authority, government. Like, I'm just not. <laughs> me, me, you know what's really weird? It's I, I'm in a very gray line of existence when it comes to what I like about this stuff and what I don't like. I don't know if you ever played Metal Gear Solid, but I oh, yeah. I really <laughs> love the just. I've always loved that kind of stuff, but I just don't like politics. But um, one of the, if you talk to these people, and I've you know done IT projects before that I can't talk about in those sectors, but these people say like their their response would be like, "Have you never thought to yourself that there's people actively trying to kill us like every second, and we never find out about it? Like we we never we never stop to think about like." Theoretically, we, you know, deterrence, right? We, we The only deterrent that the United States has is like, that we publicly talk about is like nuclear weapons. You can theoretically research how to make a nuclear weapon. And that means that information isn't the problem. It's the ability to actually get the resources, get the process of, of actually acquiring that. That's the technological thought processes that an AI will be able to pick up on that they're not really spying on you. They're not really listening to you actively. They're just looking for these patterns. And yeah, that's it, it's very scary um, when, when you think about it from an old, oh, not old, but I, I, unfortunately it's an outdated perspective of the past because we had so much that we, at the time we took for granted, but even then we had lost those securities already. Like network interfaces have been wiretaps is network interfaces came into existence <laughs> so <laughs> your whole existence it's just we we lived in a world where they were never used and now we live in a world where 
they're frequently used. These net, these these systems, these AI is getting scarier. People are getting smarter. So because people are getting smarter, people are starting to have more conversations that are scary. But security has never really existed on a networking or technology level. And and I'm saying that as a, as a 80s and 90s enthusiast, um, most of the technology that going back to BBS systems like. They were being listened to. Like I, I don't, I don't like Kevin Mitnick. Who like if we want to get, if we want to go there, let's go there. Kevin Mitnick was a really big. You know who he is? Elliot. Oh yeah, dude, I so, love Kevin Mitnick. Okay, so he <laughs> talks about this all the time. It's like we, if 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 we're going to really talk about straight up security, we lost that at the turn of the IT revolution when the dot com bubble hit. That's when, <laughs> yeah. Nine ninety nine from Brandy Goodrick. Hey, thank, thank you, Brandy. You very much. Thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for contributing to the conversation and to the Between Realities Spaceship Fund. Um, we appreciate you, and thanks for uh, your. Yeah, this rocket fuel isn't cheap, you know. Yeah, man. No, it's not. So <laughs> I mean, so and here's the thing: like, I really. I really appreciate this conversation, you know, and like we've had conversations like it in the past, you know, I think it's important to become as aware as you can of this. But the, the thing that I guess is like, I don't know, tragic about this for me is that I feel like there's literally nothing I can do. Like, I'm just like commenting on what's happening and that's about it. You know, like I could go like, like I've boycotted Walmart. I don't shop at Walmart. Mm -hmm. I haven't eaten at McDonald's in over a decade. Mm -hmm. Because one day I was like, be the change you no, want to see. That's not it. Damn I am right. not contributing yep. to this corporation. Good. And McDonald's is slinging grimace milkshakes like crazy all over <laughs> social media right now. But if now. enough people did, there would be change. But okay, that's very yep. nice. And you know, if be the change you want to see. I love that. Live that life. I but is that realistic? Yes. Change. It absolutely. I think change is, is fundamentally. I, I think that that thought process has. Unfortunately, that's it's. It, it, um, the world has forced our hand to update our perspective on what can we do. There is something we can do. We can evolve. Um, McDonald's. We, it has grown so large. Like, like this is my, this is what I say, you know, like for every McDonald's cheeseburger I spend, if I, if I'm in person, I buy an extra one, give another one to a homeless person. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to realize that the, the war for control has been lost and we're now at a war to reclaim back. And. And McDonald's more, should more be doing that. that. Like, they're the corporation. Like, they're the assholes in this situation. No, like, they're not. They never forced you to go buy any of their crap. And if you go to most other countries, you're not going to see a lot of McDonald's. You're not going to see the obesity and the sickness and a lot of those things from from being here, being brainwashed that that stuff is okay to eat. Yeah, it's right? the brainwashing. I blame right. them. And, and it's like, and no, no, but, but everything too. is on us. There is no them. They they do what we allow them to do. It is all the responsibility always falls on us. I, I don't agree with that. So if you, you really can't, and I'll, and I'll give you a good example. I was a hardcore McDonald's addict growing up. It, it fundamentally mm -hmm. affected my, my health. Um, and... It was more than just convenience. It was 100% convenience. You can get five cheeseburgers and a drink for five bucks. Do you know how healthy sub costs? Do you know how healthy salad costs? This is, 
how do you how can you say the the blame falls on a 14 year old kid who's trying to survive when he only has six dollars to spare and healthy alternatives don't exist in low-income areas in poverty areas i think it's important to realize that those powers that be like the mcdonald's create also are having backdoor conversations with grocery stores with produce manufacturers and i love that we're talking about this stuff because we can keep it 100 like when you look at just the world right now there's only three giant companies that own everything right so if we're talking about reclaiming winning anything we lost we lost and we lost in a way that it's catastrophic uh even billionaires you know joke about how badly we've lost like i, I think i saw an interview with elon musk earlier where somebody asked him about spending 44 billion on twitter and he said that's going to be worth nothing in a few years because he knows that we broke the systems and so the only thing that we can do now is reclaim you're absolutely correct um there is something we can do and it's reclaim back is okay fine if this is the only privacy i have now let, let me protect it my cognitive privacy what i think about is very important to me i don't want nobody to know if they're going to know where i stand where i am then not don't let them understand my every move then you know what i mean and and for me it's like it's the same thought process as like if we like look at like the rivers and streams and they're all like polluted with like plastic and aluminum bottles from soda machine from soda companies like that's like saying it's our fault that we're not in the water cleaning that up when meanwhile there's a corporation over here who doesn't give a shit about the environment who is just cranking these things out like crazy because they want to make as much money as possible selling you something that will slowly kill you in a bottle that's not biodegradable that they don't care what stream it winds up in mm -hmm. you know and, like and, that's not my fault stream, wait 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 it's based on fundamental values of resources you just said it you said it like a river in a stream like if we want to go there societies and, and and civilizations were started by actual rivers and streams we started building ourselves near streams because we knew that we needed the water resources and we started building ourselves over controlling even money that's why we call it liquid money and revenue streams <laughs> it's the same thought process it's always about control um and in order for us to break free is to reclaim it's to actually build a new type of control it's like if you don't want and, and skiva said it earlier if you don't want to use if you really want something to fundamentally to change is people just literally have to say no yep. everyone has to yes, say no yes. just and, and i everyone and i don't buy into the fact that you didn't have the resources to not know that you shouldn't be buying those bottles and that what was going to happen to them because of everything that's happened to them in the past and all, and and that there's no other alternatives you could have done. The the fact is, it was convenient. Well, but here's the thing: yeah. I, you know, McDonald's isn't the only thing survival, I stopped. Bro. I, I don't buy soda anymore. If you're from New York City, bro, like you have to remember, New York City, like Seven Elevens, the bodega, and McDonald's is the way you survive. The, the home cooked meal, you know, when you think about it, like a sack of rice and beans and and all that stuff, that requires time. And most people that are living in these places are working ten hours a day. The last thing you want them to do is to build a nutritious meal. It, it, it's uh, the, it's not the awareness and the convenience. It's sometimes it's the reality of situations that kind of force you into saying, yeah, it's a cheeseburger. Yeah, should I should be having a a salad wrap, but 
where does that salad wrap, you know, manifest? <laughs> when you have a 7-Eleven right there and you just have little hot dogs and chicken wings and, and pizza slices, right? It's a, it, I, I think that we, we need to be empathetic to these perspectives too, because there's there's a lot of them. There's a, I'm one of them, right? I I am desperately trying to reverse a lot of uh, realities of, of that, you know. And I ask myself that a lot, and and I learned to be kinder to myself, you know. Like I, I I did know better. You're absolutely right. Like why didn't I have the taco wrap, you know, instead of the cheeseburger? But truth of the matter is, you don't talk about that in middle school. Nobody like maybe now things have changed, but. Even even today, that's not really a conversation that kids are having. It, it's an unfortunate reality to know. The Grimace Chick is a good example, right? It's uh, the money's going towards viral marketing that is making you buy into something. And if you don't buy into it, you're out of the conversation. You know, like it, it's tough to. It, I don't think it's good to be tough on a kid to want to fit in. Right. And I think that's a. I think that's a very important thing that we must remember. It's that like. We all were clout chasers at one point growing up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's another reason why I hate McDonald's because they target children. They get yes. them hooked yeah, with the their play problem. places and stuff <laughs> way before they have any actual agency of their own. Yeah. So let's just bring this full circle then. Why are we talking about this on a VR podcast, right? Like, I think it's important to realize that the technology that we're using is a like direct like uh perpetuator of what we're talking about right now especially as they start to continue to put stuff that is way more invasive way more invasive than a depth sensor into it you know eye tracking technology is ridiculously invasive and any biometric re data reading at all is enough ammunition to basically know you better than you know yourself at a subconscious level mm -hmm. they can register things that are happening to you physiologically that you are not aware of and then target that as like a, like a i don't know it's like a like a little security breach almost and start feeding you stuff just at the perfect time you're like oh wow i didn't you know, you're right. I do want this ad currently. And they're like, yeah, we know you were about to want it because we saw your eye twitch in the same way that it does 30 seconds before you do a thing you like, you know, so it's all subliminal. And that's what I talk about when I'm talking about losing agency. It's like if these companies are able to use this technology to get this information from us, we could very well not know ourselves as well as these companies know us. And that puts us, in my opinion, in a pretty scary spot. So... I don't know if we can stop it, to be completely honest. I honestly feel like any effort that I make as an individual, um, while if everyone else made the same effort, would have a profound impact. Reality is that they aren't. People are still buying Grimace shakes, even though I refuse to. There's still millions of people out there doing it and posting their videos on TikTok or whatever. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm going to lie to you. <laughs> right? I'm sure it is. And, you know, I don't know what to do short of dedicating my entire life to, like, one single perspective that I could like maybe try to slow down. You know, I think it's going to require like obviously a having conversations like this one, I think is a, a very big contributor because maybe there's somebody listening right now who hasn't been considering this and now is at least aware of the reality, of it, which is a good step, but it's still going to require like an overnight awakening. No, like, no. Cause all you have to do, you just have to awaken enough people that teach their children. And then before those children get corrupted, uh, and brainwashed, you know, maybe, maybe this is how like evolution happens, right? Like we, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't all 
you know, um, uh, say, let's continue being, being, you know, racist or whatever, because that's how everyone thinks. And so it must be okay. No, we said, you know what? Enough, man, enough. And we taught our kids different and we changed our messaging and we became more compassionate and we're continually trying. And I don't think ever giving up is ever the answer, uh, personally. But, I, um, I, I'm not going to give up, but I just wonder yeah. if, if it's actually going to do If you anything. inspire one person, that's one person closer to where we should be. Yeah. And try to make, and try yeah. make best of what we have. I, I think, I, I truly agree. I think that having a perspective that always evolves in an always evolving world is necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the, um, the thought processes that we have today might be disrupted and, you know, drastically changed you know tomorrow because of something that happens that we learn of right so we i, I think what we need to do is is it's always be aware that we are i, I think the, the biggest lesson that, that we have learned as humans is that we are actually very very capable of evolving and changing and mm-hmm. the internet has accelerated that because now we have the first iteration of a collective consciousness and people are desperate trying to build that and it goes to show we just want to share information like if you look at threads that just got announced and and, and you look at why it's blowing up it's just people just having a good time just people just talking shenanigans and being dumb and people want to do that and the same it's the same reason why tiktok did that it, it, it goes to show if if, if people don't want to if we are scared of a private world, we also have to be kind of aware of that too. It's like, man, we all kind of all, we all do want to connect though. So maybe, maybe there is a reality that privacy is secondary to connectivity. So if that's true, then let's evolve and let's figure out what we can control in that conversation before it's too late. Yeah. And don't forget, we have never been in a place in the world in throughout human history where an individual can get on the internet and can broadcast to whoever wants to hear it and let it sit there, right? It's never happened before. We've only ever been exposed to newspapers and news outlets on TV. So another, another outlet to try to, to try to better the world and, uh, and make a change. $10 from Q creator saying hey. virtual reality is the evolution that unsettles the powers due to the transformative education it fosters. Same yeah. reason why I'm Ooh. pretty sure hallucinogenics are illegal. Because yes. uh, if you do a, a grip of mushrooms, you will be blown away by what you realize during that experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, recommend it to anybody. That- Cognitive remapping is a real science. It's a real thing. Um, and, and you know what's really funny? It's the, the engineers and the designers almost kind of like say that. And people don't ever pick up on it. Like if you hear the... Um, I was just watching uh, Learning About Humane, which is the former... Apple engineers, they started their own company. And it's the guy who created the slide to unlock. And he talks about figuring that out. And he's like, oh, I saw my daughter on the my, my newborn daughter on the bed touching the phone and I figure out the the seamlessness of it. And I'm here thinking to myself, it's like you're using babies to design products and you're telling the public and the public doesn't go like, hey, that's not a good idea. Like you're, 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 you're not trying to understand me. You're trying to manipulate me. You're trying to get to my core at a, at a basic nature, nature-based level. Like when you hear engineers talk about intuitive design and, and all this stuff, like, why do you need to know how humans, 
you know, cognitively, if, if a function of a device is for you to learn a skill to do that function, if you kind of, it, it's almost like we're designing tools for manipulation. <laughs> if you, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, stuff I can talk about for hours, but yeah. Yeah, we could, I mean, we could, right? Yeah. And we did. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> All right, um, so as we start to wrap this up, um, you know, I'm sure that there's something uh, important that should be mentioned uh, from your side, Jose, oh, before before we wrap this up. Maybe something about Reboot or about the VR community in general, or maybe another reflection on this conversation that we've just had that kind of puts a bow on it. Um, but I just, I just want to give you a chance one more time to just kind of give us uh, something that's either important that we haven't gotten to or uh, something that you can use to wrap this up. Oh man, uh, follow me at Jose the VR Tech on all socials. Read what imagine on all socials. Um, July 11th is my birthday, but I'm also making a very fun announcement for Read what Imagine's future on July 11th. So stay tuned to that. There it is. Nice. Follow Jose. Boom. We have uh, links in our description to his socials as well as the reboot Imagine socials. One uh, quick story I want you to share with us um, the name of Reboot Imagine because I kind of like it because um, I it's, it's almost like obvious, but I, I still <laughs> like it. So how did you name your company? Um, It's a fusion of me thinking about what I can change from the future and also a call out to my favorite, favorite OG cartoon reboot. Um, it's a CGI car animated show based in Canada, and it's metaverse, you know, theory 101, where the their uh, guardians they live in the their video game characters, and they get plucked into yeah video game worlds, and that's kind of their their life, saving the world every game that comes in, and so reboot, imagine, you know, reboot was like. Yeah. I mean, this came out like around the same time as like the first Toy Story. You know, this was like yes. very early CGI graphics. And like, I remember seeing this show on TV and just being blown away by the aesthetic of it, like how cool it was. And then, you know, I, I think it was like a latent, like latent information in my brain when I saw Reboot Imagine. But then when you were like, yeah, it's because of Reboot, I was like, dope. <laughs> <laughs> and the main character, it was the first time that I saw a hero with like long hair and the blue sky, the blue skin in my, in my eyes, it was, he was brown skinned. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was like, it was like my first, you know, a lot of people don't say representation matters, but Reboot Imagine wouldn't exist if I didn't see that hero. And I try to emulate that hero so much. So whoever says it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It generally does. So dude, amen if you to want that. an anecdote, that's one. Amen to that. You are definitely a hero, Jose. Like oh, I know a lot of people are absolutely inspired by your story and your journey, myself and Skiva included in that. Um, I'm so happy that this happened. Thank you so much for being a part of the VR community and also for joining us on Between Realities VR podcast today. Um, I just can't wait till uh, I see you again, dude. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Join us in saying goodbye to Jose Santiago from Reboot Imagine. He's the real deal. And, and there gone. he goes. And that's that. There he goes. What an episode, baby. This is Between Realities, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we do here. I hope you liked it because <laughs> it might be a little stressful from time to time, but we really enjoy being able to peel away the layers and, and get to the core of some of this stuff. Heck yeah. It yeah. is a little stressful sometimes. It is a little stressful, <laughs> especially when you just realize how bleak things can look sometimes. Yeah, for real. For real. Everyone go watch Black Mirror.
Yeah, I hope I, you'll like it. I started it. I started the newest <laughs> season of Black Mirror, and the first oh, episode was good. I watched it, man. It was so so good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they you know the the previous season, I I felt like they were kind of getting meh, but they full on nailed it again. Yeah, I've only seen yep. the first episode of it, but nice. I really enjoyed it, uh, and it's like it really actually directly contributes to the conversation we were having today talking about like privacy and yeah. like, signing user agreements that you don't fully understand <laughs> yeah. uh, go watch it people um but listen we really appreciate all of you watching and uh and maybe listening in the audio version or you know catching it on spotify after the fact or maybe you're on upload vr and and you've caught it there on the weekend that's awesome too um, we appreciate you all, you know, shout out to our live chat today. We had Hussein X and Wolfraza and classy grandma, paradise decay, Mickey Burr, Mickey bear, uh, Rezel VR with the fatty super chat earlier and Brandy Goodrick with the super chat. Also, thank you guys for that. Uh, Samson had a, a super chat and Eric, uh, from Q2C VR gamer did as well. Um, quick cosplay got in here by the end. It's good to see you girl. Uh, Lazlo 216, of course, from Cleveland virtual strangers. That's Wes stopped in and, and hung out with us for a bit. Red slash ace and, uh, Kenzie gaming, our Arizona homie up in here. Wolf Raza making tons of really awesome contributions to the conversation, which I always appreciate Q creator dropping the 10 bucks on us earlier. Uh, we saw recycled, we saw, um, um, Michelle B we saw, uh, Chroma Snare up in here and Donzilla we saw uh, getting things done has been hanging out with us the whole time Lezer Logic has been up in here with us uh, Moonshine Games has been here too Substatica um, yeah dude it's been Duggars K and Zimtalk of course um, and Jose yeah thank you guys all for being a part of this, this awesome community great. thank you really we coming. have the best damn community yep. we just do we do yeah and we you absolutely know, do the vr community is the best and then the subculture between realities community within that is the best of the best yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said i completely agree yeah so yeah. what are we gonna do next week so next week we have ashley riot ashley uh is the C something oh <laughs> sorry <laughs> He's a C I'm professional executive. here yes of, of Andromeda Entertainment uh, who brought you games like Audio Trip uh, and some really cool games but um, but actually also uh, brought up the community for Pistol Whip and Cloudhead games and has been a completely um, just a, like an amazing part of the community and and the industry that has brought all of this stuff up to where it is today she's very inspiring uh one of the people that has just an absolutely insane calendar um which i can so relate with yeah and uh yeah i was looking forward to uh to conversation with ashley i'm looking forward to it too uh, she I knows feel like community that's, very very well yeah and this one i think is one that's been a long time coming you mm -hmm. know um so what uh what are you doing this weekend are you are you gaming this weekend what's up no this weekend i am going to um going to bring my my daughter to a concert for one of her favorite youtubers in california and then we're going to super nintendo world the day after so that and then i'll be back uh, i'll be back on like tuesday or something so that yeah. sounds lovely mm -hmm. um well have fun there thanks i think i'm around and i'm trying to play a little knock this weekend mm -hmm. because knock has launched uh like a, a tournament that they're gonna do next week that you have to be 30 or older to participate oh, in wow. i'm like oh great how are they Finally. gonna how are they gonna regulate that I don't, maybe it's just the honor system you huh. know i don't know but the idea is that like you know i can play or knock and maybe not get destroyed by an eight-year-old so 
I'm going to be trying to do that. So if you're out there and you want to play a little knock, hit me up. I'm going to be looking for that game uh, this weekend uh, to try to prepare and maybe be competitive during that nice. event. And uh, Duggars K coming in clutch with Ashley is the COO. Nice. I'm enjoying Thanks, it. Okay. All right. Well, in the link below is the description. Um, wait. In the description below <laughs> is a link to our Discord server. Join it. Um, ping me if you're looking to get into a game of knock, and I will do my best to stop everything that I'm doing and join that. And um, other than that, you know, don't be a stranger, peoples. And uh, we'll see you in a week. Yeah. See you then. Ashley Riot. Heck yeah. Have a good weekend, everybody. See you next time. Bye.